Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, the research is in and surprise, surprise, Pittsburgh is not the fittest city in America. An iconic Kennywood ride is going away temporarily, and we've got a few ways that you can help the families affected by the house explosion in Plum. It's August 18th, the Friday News Roundup. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. I'm with CityCast producers Mallory Falk. Good morning. Good morning. And introducing Sophia Lowe. Welcome to the microphone. Hi. So excited to be here. Sophia, on a scale from one to ten, how happy are you to be on mic right now? Five-ish. Not that I'm not happy. It's also (laughs) just been a moment since I've been on mic, so a little bit nervous. We're excited for your debut. (laughs) Thanks. Very. Um, As we're recording this, I think you've been with the CityCast crew for, what, two and a half weeks? Uh, What do you think? Is it what you thought it would be? Yeah, it's been super fun. Um, Super great making soda as part of training for a future episode. That's true. We did immediately throw you into a field trip, get your hands dirty kind of episode. I'm looking forward to that one. Get your hands dirty very literally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, blueberry juice. Y'all wait up. Um, It's going to be a lot of squishing sounds on mic. Just you wait. (laughs) Oh, God, you're not selling it. Um, Well, let's move on to our first story today. Um, I just thought this was funny. It was from a few weeks ago. The American College of Sports Medicine released its 16th annual American Fitness Index. We did not fare that poorly, but I wouldn't say it went well either. Have you all seen the results of this? I have, yeah. I have not looked yet. But Mallory, are you are you a fitness enthusiast? <laughs> you all heard my <laughs> lack of enthusiasm for the Pittsburgh Marathon, so you can probably already guess that I'm not exactly a fitness enthusiast. I'm probably not helping with our rankings in this index. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's true, actually, the way they calculate it. Um, and of course, I am an obnoxious CrossFit person, which is surprise no one. Sophia, you're a boxer. Is that right? Yeah, I go to boxing class. I wouldn't say I'm a boxer. <laughs> I feel like that's someone who says, I I, I run. I'm not a runner. <laughs> I feel like running's different, though. Like, I haven't fought anyone. I'm not trying to fight anyone. It's not a ring. <laughs> no, but you're still doing the thing. You're trying it. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, how do y'all think we did? Um, it is many, many cities, like dozens and dozens. Um, where do you think Pittsburgh ranked? High, low? My guess would be somewhere like medium. I don't know what the metrics are, but there's a lot of good spots for hiking in Pittsburgh. A lot of, you know, I see a lot of people out in their bike spandex climbing these outrageous (laughs) hills. So I feel like we're, you know, fitter maybe than the average city, but not at the top top. So then what were the metrics for deciding how fit each city is? 
Yeah, there were two different scores in play that made up our overall score, which was 29th, by the way. Um, mm. I didn't think that was that bad, considering. Out of how many? It was 100. Um, so 29 oh. out of 100 isn't that bad. Um, yeah, so there were two parameters that made up that one overall score, a personal health rank and then a separate community or environmental health rank. Mm. Um, so for community, it was stuff like you mentioned, Mallory, proximity to parks, um, the number of athletic assets that we have. So like baseball diamonds, basketball hoops, swimming pools. I'm just imagining whoever is counting that on Google Maps. And then, of course, my favorite air quality. Uh, <laughs> so like that probably tanked us a little bit. Probably. Um but then also, I thought this was a good one, like how much the city spends on park assets per resident. Um, so that was just a little over $100 compared to like the number one city spent well over $200 per resident on its city parks every year. But yeah, we did pretty good for this one for the community ranking. We were ninth overall in the nation. Wow. Oh, wow. That's really impressive. Yeah, we have, I mean, we have huge parks. So like that's a huge part of it. Um, personal scores, a little more grim. Uh, we were 59th in the nation. Oof. Yeah, that's a real dip. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can see where the average really comes in there. Um, that had to do with the prevalence of chronic diseases. So like asthma, um, edema, high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, smoking, um, some self-reported diet factors and exercise habits, sleep quality. A lot of this was attributed to the usual reasons that people say Pittsburgh isn't healthy, like our population is just like older than a lot of other cities. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I thought this was a really good point that just because we have all these wonderful assets doesn't mean that people find them particularly accessible or meaningful to their lives. Oh. That's I was definitely going to ask whether accessibility goes into the score at all, because, right, we have all of these nice spaces. But if only certain people in the city can really access them or take advantage of them, then like what good does that actually do? And how much people use assets like public transit, too, was another one. So like our sidewalks not being in good shape, for example, um, Friends mm. of the Riverfront were quoted in the PG with what I thought was a really good, like specific example. So like maybe you're two blocks away from a great trailhead, but there's this super dangerous intersection between your home and that access point. So even though it's like incredibly close, that's not useful to you. Like there's a lot of systemic level work that has to be done to make your city actually useful and feel more healthy to your family. Yeah, I've, every time I take the Heritage Trail, I bike the Heritage Trail to work, and there's definitely a section where I'm really taking my life into my own hands, trying to cross some traffic to reconnect with a bridge. And mm -hmm. I'm like three quarters of the way there to having like a really nice, accessible um, safe route to work. And I feel like that's been true of so much of the city. Like they're doing a lot of good work to connect a lot of trail points, but like you'll have a piece of amazing trail and then nowhere to really go from there. Yeah. Like the downtown corridor is a really good example, like the, around the Gap Trail and various points where that kind of all connects. Sophia, what about you? I know you're new to town. How healthy does Pittsburgh feel to you? <laughs> I would say I feel healthier since moving to Pittsburgh and really? I can definitively feel this. Yeah, because I moved here from the Midwest because I was there for a few years for college. Very flat. The first time I walked up a hill, like <laughs> absolutely awful. And now I can do it without complaining. So there's that. Yeah, That is such a good like uh, uh, such a good like natural fitness tracker of when you stop panting when you get to the top of a hill. Yeah, I remember when um, I think it was my parents were first visiting me here in town. My dad commented that he saw like these like what appeared to be like 80 or 90 year old people carrying their groceries up the hill from the giant eagle that I was close to. And he was like, I, I get it. I get why people live so long here. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, I guess if you're feeling inspired, um, I noticed too that the registration opened this week for the 2024 Pittsburgh Marathon. Uh, Mallory, are you feeling inspired after after your experience handing out Twizzlers this year? I'm feeling inspired to be a spectator again. I would definitely join the Twizzler Brigade. It's going to take a lot for me to reach a point where I would actually participate in a marathon, but I really did love bringing joy to other participants. So shout out again to Erin, who invited our crew to hand out Twizzlers at the marathon this year. Yeah, the Birmingham Bridge group, they were amazing. We'll have a link to this study and the marathon registration, if that's your thing, in our show notes. Do you like to dance, look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins and so will everyone else there be playful be imaginative explore your magical realm because this is a theme party you want to come dressed to impress you must be 21 and up to attend and rest assured every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum its art its education and all of its community outreach initiatives get your tickets now to the 25th mattress factory garden party they are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. So something for your weekend. If you're a Kennywood enthusiast, Sunday is the last day to ride the turtle at Kennywood Park. I personally had no memory of this ride, probably because I was always focused on the roller coaster that's right beside it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a ride for people who are dragged to amusement parks but hate roller coasters. (laughs) Or that have small children, maybe? Or that have small children, although there's kiddie land for that. But yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a very iconic ride, and it's probably the most visually appealing because it's these little turtles bopping around on their <laughs> journey through Kennywood. I saw someone on Reddit post that they didn't know why anyone would actually ride this thing if if they had any like if they didn't have a problem with motion sickness, you know? But yeah, so it's not it's not going away like completely, Megan, right? Just for a little bit. Yeah. Officials say that this is just to help preserve it because this is so old. Um, Kennywood says it's the last ride of its kind, originally built in Beaver Falls and debuted in 1927. It was called the Tumblebug, um, which was Mm -hmm. like a generic name, I guess, for that kind of ride and then updated to the Turtle in 1948. So Um, was it not originally a turtle? Nope. Nope. They made them into turtles. I guess they were bugs uh-huh. to start. Although there's no photos for me to independently confirm that. So I don't know. But yeah, I guess the turtle was a uh, post-war edition. Um, Sophia, I know you just went to Kennywood for the first time this summer. Were you drawn at all to the turtle? Absolutely not. <laughs> I have none of the native nostalgia you have. I did ride the turtle. Wait, but, you rode like- it? Yeah, I did. Okay, I think that's more than I can say. I've never ridden it. (laughs) As the lifelong Pittsburgher on the call. It's just really long. You go in circles so many times. So I don't think it would help with motion sickness. And yeah, I was paying attention to the roller coasters next to me. It's a great use of space, though. I don't think anything else can fit there. It fits so nicely between the two roller coasters. Yeah, because it's like right next to the Phantom's Revenge. So as you're making that 
scary climb up the hill, you can look down and see the children and their turtles. In Sofia, apparently. Um, yeah, the trip had a really good story about like construction details, if that's something you're into. Um, I guess they have to disassemble the entire thing and then jackhammer the foundation to get to the bedrock to be able to preserve it because um, it's been there so long. They just they got a lot of work to do. Do we know when the turtle's going to be back for turtle enthusiasts? Well, they had to start now because uh, apparently the ground is too cold. It freezes during the winter. Um, so they had to go ahead and do it at the end of this summer season just to be able to finish it. So I think that groundwork stuff happens this winter. Meaning it will be back in action next summer is the goal? Yeah, it sounds like the plan is 2024. So we're going to take an extremely hard left turn. Um, we wanted to bring you a little bit of light before the dark. Uh, we had a really, really bad accident here in Pittsburgh, it seems like, over the weekend. And we wanted to make sure we were able to bring you some ways that maybe you can help some of the folks affected by the house that exploded in Plum Borough. Yeah. So, you know, we just want to share a little overview of what happened, but then really get into the ways that you can support the families who've been affected by this. Um, so just before 10.30 last Saturday morning, a house exploded on Rustic Ridge Drive, um, a cul-de-sac in the borough. Three homes were destroyed, the house that exploded, and then two others burned to the ground, and about a dozen other houses were damaged. Six people died, including one who was hospitalized for several days after the explosion. Um, and at this point, most of the homes there have been released back to the homeowners, to decide whether they'll repair them or have to demolish them. I feel like almost everybody in town has seen this. Like, I mean, honestly, friends were asking me about it back in Tennessee because this video has just been everywhere. Um, did y'all see it? The the video captured from a neighbor's ring cam? Yeah, it's a lot. And you can really see the impact of the explosion just because the ring camera was so far away and like... Then this whole house goes up in flames and then um, there's Debris still stuff. are just yeah. everywhere. And I think it really captures how it was just kind of this like still peaceful morning and it really just comes completely out of nowhere. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, do we have any idea at this point how it happened? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like this is going to be a really long investigation that could take months or maybe even a full year to figure things out. The president of People's Gas said that they did official checks that indicated their system was operating as designed. We've recently heard uh, the fire marshal's office say that the house that exploded was having issues with a hot water tank in the basement. And so they're going to investigate that along with any other possibilities that might explain what occurred. But yeah, at this point, we just don't know for sure. And we might not have answers for a while. This isn't the first time a house has exploded in Plum, right? Do we know why the other explosions have happened? Yeah. So according to the Trib, five houses have exploded in Plum since the mid-90s. That includes this most recent one. Um, I will say that the county fire marshal on Thursday said his office hasn't found any signs that there's a link between these explosions. The most recent one, which happened in 2022, is still under investigation. Um, but at least according to the county, the others were caused by everything from damage to a gas pipeline to a gas leak to a suicide attempt. Um, you know, but in this trip story, one fire chief did acknowledge uh, that he understands why some people might feel uneasy knowing there have been multiple house explosions in this borough. 
which also happens to sit on top of old mines and has active gas wells. I know a lot of neighbors have still been helping out the families that have been affected by the accident. Uh, What do we know about the victims of this? So the victims include a father and son, Casey Klontz, and his 12-year-old son, Keegan. It sounds like the two of them were pretty inseparable. They loved doing outdoor activities together, things like hunting and fishing. And tragically, Keegan was supposed to start junior high in less than two weeks. Uh, There was also a couple, Heather and Paul Orovitz. Their house is the one that exploded. Um, Paul was in the burn unit at the hospital for a while, but sadly, he died on Wednesday. And Heather was actually Plum's director of community development. Uh, Another Plum official also died in the blast. His name was Michael Thomas, and he was borough manager for years. I read that he was, I guess, a great cook and wanted to open a restaurant when he retired. And then there was Kevin Sabunia, a youth soccer coach who worked at a construction company. Um, I saw this interview with his daughter on KDK, and she described him as the neighborhood go-to guy for everything from tools to advice. So those were the six victims. Well, so we wanted to be able to share some resources for ways that you can help if it speaks to you. Um, Mallory, can you can you share a few of those? Yeah. So at the time of this recording, I could find verified GoFundMes for the Klontz and the Orvitz families, who both lost two members. There is also a raffle fundraiser for the Klontz family. Um, tickets cost $10, and then one winner will get a full day offshore fishing trip on Lake Erie. And the family that's organizing this says that's in honor of Keegan and Casey's love of fishing. So it's a way to really you know, honor their memory. There's also a verified GoFundMe for the Smith family. They survived the explosion, but theirs was one of the three houses that was just completely destroyed. So this is meant to help them get back on their feet. And then in terms of other people who've been displaced, there's this group called Angels in Disguise that helps victims of house fires. And they've partnered with the Renton Volunteer Fire Department to support these families. So they're accepting monetary donations and also gift cards. They said gift cards to places like Sheets, Giant Eagle, Target, Walmart, and even restaurant gift cards, you know, can all go a long way toward helping folks. And they've also set up a special bank account for the victims. We'll have links in our show notes with more details about all of this and some other fundraisers because this is really just a sampling. A lot of people are trying to help out. Yeah. um, Well, and I guess just to kind of lift us back up going into the weekend, um, I'd love to hear, you know, from each of you, maybe something that you're looking forward to, a bright spot in the next couple of days. So this weekend, I'm excited for City of Asylum's Dog Days of Summer book sale. So uh, that's... Oh, I didn't know they did that. Yeah. So there's a book sale from August 17th to 20th, but the last day is this big event. The Instagram caption calls it an all-out art bash. Mm. So that has live music and vendors. I'm super excited. I'm trying to set a $50 budget so I don't spend too much <laughs> money on books. But yeah, it's select books are 40% off, which is really great. Yeah, no kidding. Um, And they just have a stunning space over in the north side. Mallory, what about you? I'm excited. Um, Every Sunday in August, including this Sunday, it's Reservoir of Jazz at the Highland Park Reservoir. This week, it's Aurora Jazz Fusion. It's from 5 to 7 p.m. And so it's just a really nice event to be able to like be out. And, you know, speaking of our amazing park spaces here in Pittsburgh at the top of the episode, yeah. it's a great way to experience one of our really nice parks, um, hang out by the reservoir and hear some nice jazz. Take a blanket, take some snacks, hear some music. It's nice. Um, mine is in Uptown. Um, they're doing their first 
first annual. I, I always love a first annual. It's very hopeful. Uptown Community Day um, on Saturday. It's from 12 to 5 p.m. Um, Uptown is becoming this great little enclave for artists. So there's going to be a bunch of local art and DJs and bands. They said there's going to be wellness activities and, of course, food and drink. Um, shout out to Wayne, a listener from Moonlit Burgers, for letting us know about it. Um, they're going to have food there. And then Trace Brewing is opening their new location there. Millie's Ice Cream. Um, and of course, Uptown Partners, um, who's spearheading it all. Should be fun. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Our music is by Benji. Mallory Falk is our lead producer. Production help this week from Sophia Lowe. Yay. Natalie Rivera, Elizabeth Kama, and Maria Carter. Francesca DeBecco writes our newsletter with some editing help this week from Brian Vance and Will Fulton. And I am your host, Megan Harris. We'll be back on Monday with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend, everyone. Okay, well, Sophia, you made it. First CityCast recording. How are you feeling? Same as before. Um, hopefully this will get better, though, in the future. <laughs>